Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for God took the responsibility of sharing the good news from the Jewish people and transferred it to who? The church, the New Testament church. In about 40 days, the New Testament church would start. On the day of Pentecost, the church started. And ever since then, look at me. You have a vineyard. I have a vineyard. I'm working in the vineyard. I'm the servants now. Listen, and God is expecting a good fruit from me. Do you know you have a God-given responsibility to spread the gospel? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to wrap their life's purpose around the Great Commission. Scripture teaches us that salvation is for everyone and that all believers are expected to share this good news with the world. There could not be a greater story and message to tell than that of Jesus' death and resurrection to atone for the sins of mankind. What is holding you back from boldly proclaiming the gospel? Ask God to empower you with the Holy Spirit today that you might fulfill his calling on your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, God's Kindness to Man. Notice the passage, 2 Chronicles 36. The Lord, the God of their ancestors, repeatedly sent his prophets, like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah, he repeatedly sent his prophets to warn them, for he had compassion on his people in the temple. He was warning Israel. He was saying to Israel, Israel, you're not doing what I ask you to do. Israel, you're worshiping pagan gods. So he would send a prophet like Isaiah or Jeremiah to go, whoa, whoa, time out. Come and worship me. Go on. But the people mocked these words and messengers of God and despised their words. That's the history. The whole Old Testament basically is God being patient and kind to the nation of Israel and the nation of Israel doing this. Forget it. We don't care about you. I mean, they would have never even existed except for the grace of God. Here's a perfect example of Second Chronicles 24. Then the leaders plotted to kill Zechariah. And King Joash ordered that they stone him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. So this is an accurate description of what was taking place. We know from Jewish history that many prophets in the Old Testament were killed, like Isaiah like Jeremiah, like Zechariah. Well, in the New Testament, the mistreatment, would it continue? John the Baptist, 700 years later, what happens to him? He gets beheaded. Why? Much, largely because of the Jewish people. 
And days from now, would there be another prophet that the Jewish leaders would kill? His name would be Jesus. So the same history is repeating itself. And Jesus is trying to say, God's patient, but careful, careful. It's going to end. We'll look at verse 37. Last of all, in this parable, the owner sent his son to them. And the owner said this, they will respect my son. Now, what owner who would have a vineyard? And he sent all his managers to the vineyard. And as he sent them over the years to the vineyard, they all got killed. What kind of an owner would send his son to the vineyard? You know what kind of an owner? An owner that loved the people in the vineyard. He loved them with everlasting love. And in fact, this parable says he sent his son That should remind you of the greatest proof of God's love for you and I this morning. You know the verse, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, when he sent his son to them, what's going to happen? You already know the story. Think about this before we read these verses. Vieira, Internet, Melbourne, listen, watch this. Jesus is telling a story to real people in real time. In a couple days, the son who has been sent to Israel is going to be murdered. Jesus knew the past, he knew the present, and he knew the future. See, that's God. He knows our past, he knows where you're at today, and he knows your future. He knows how many times we ignore him, all of us. We say we're going to do this, we don't do it. And yet he still loves us. That's because God is kind, tolerant, and patient. Well, look at the next two verses. Can you imagine saying in a parable to somebody, putting yourself in the parable and saying, in two days I'm going to die? That's exactly what Jesus is doing. Notice what he says in verse 38 and 39. But when the tenants, the Jewish leaders, saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir. So notice, they knew who Jesus was. This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Amazingly, Jesus was predicting his own imminent death. In a matter of days, Jesus would die fulfilling this parable. Spurgeon about this said, If you reject Jesus, he answers you with tears. If you wound him, he bleeds out cleansing. If you kill him, he dies to redeem you. If you bury him... He rises again to bring resurrection. Jesus is love manifest. See, the world doesn't understand that. Jesus died for the world. Remember what Jesus said? He came to his own, but his own received him not. Well, who is his own? Well, certainly the nation of Israel. But really, who is his own? Everyone. Jesus died for everyone outside of here. And yet, we Simply reject him. Now, look at verse 40. 
Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to these tenants? Now ask yourself, what, if you, well, here we go, Vier, watch me, watch me. If you're the owner of a vineyard and you put these guys in for a year and you come at the end of the year and there's no fruit, what would you do to them? I mean, you wouldn't kill them. You'd do what? You're fired. And what would you then do if you still own the vineyard? You'd look for a new tenant who would come in to do what? Do something different, produce some grapes. Is that common sense? Hello, is that common sense? Okay, now you're going to see what God's going to do, and you're going to go, you sure? You sure that's really common sense? See, in the practical world, we would go, well, sure you would do that. I mean, if you just had a home, and you put a renter in it, and the renter doesn't pay you any rent for a year, and finally you can't get him to court, but the, the lease runs up at the end of the year, what would you do? Stay another year. Would there be anybody dumb enough to do that? No, you do what? You're out of here. And then you're going to look at the, what? You're going to look at the references of your new renter a little closer because you're looking for somebody to pay rent. Well, notice the question Jesus says to these, these spiritual leaders that are not spiritual. Now, what do you think the, the uh, owner of the vineyard will do when he comes to these tenants? Well, the fair thing to do is what you're going to see was to punish them and give the land to somebody else. Look at verse 41. This is their answer. Well, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end. Who are the wretches? Them. (laughs) They're giving their own judgment. It's like David. You remember David and Bathsheba. David committed adultery with Bathsheba, had her husband killed. He lived in it, never admitted it to anybody. One day Nathan came to him, a prophet, said to Nathan, Hey, let me tell you a story about a guy who has some little lambs or whatever, and the person came in, the only lamb he had, he, he killed the lamb. David, what should he do? Man, you should kill that guy. Nathan said, David, you're the man. You see, these guys say, well, the common sense thing to do would be get rid of them. The wretched people that have a nice owner and they don't produce anything, get rid of them. They're speaking about themselves but don't even understand it. And he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. What does this bring us to? A very important point. Write it down today. God will not be patient forever. You see, people want to hear about God's faithfulness and his kindness and his patience. But they don't want to hear about his justice and judgment. Now... You just told me here in Invera, you just told me it makes sense if the person doesn't pay rent, you get somebody else. You kick them out. But when it comes to spiritual things, well, we don't like that. In fact, somehow we think that the judgment of God is unfair. No, the judgment of God is fair and reasonable. In fact, listen, it's long overdue. God had been working thousands of years with the nation of Israel. They continued to fail. So he's finally just going to say to them, sorry. If you witness to people, talk about God, you'll hear somebody give you this question. And I want to clarify it very simply for you today. You'll hear somebody say this. Well, I don't believe in God. Why don't you believe in God? Well, if God was loving, you tell me why he would send anybody to hell. You'll hear people say that. What's your answer? Just write it down this morning. Vieira, Melbourne, CCM, CVMV, write this down. Here's the answer. I'll explain it to you. 
God doesn't send anyone to hell. Man chooses to reject God's offer of forgiveness. You see, when God offers salvation through Jesus Christ, if man refuses the offer, God didn't send anybody to hell. He just said, that's the consequence of your bad choice. If you're here this morning, and you might even say this, well, here we go, hell. (laughs) There's no hell. Really? Who told you that? There is a real hell. It's for people who reject the love of God. I heard a story once about a, a church that had a pastor, and he, he talked quite frequently on hell. The church finally got rid of him. They brought another pastor in. He didn't talk as much, but he still talked about hell. Somebody asked the, the leader of the church, not the pastor on the elder board, well, why are you keeping the second one? I mean, if they both talked about hell, why are you keeping the second pastor? He said, well, the first pastor, when he talked about hell, he kind of like, he was angry with the people. He didn't care if they went there or not. But the second pastor who talks about hell, he talks about it and he cries about it because he cares and he doesn't want anybody to go there. See, God doesn't send anyone. It's because man doesn't know who God is and chooses wrongly. Spurgeon once said it like this, reapers of souls must first become weepers of souls. In this room, in Vieira, watching by the internet, as I said to you, there's life and death in this room. See, this isn't another church of his own, but sign up a thing, do that. Have a nice day, go to bed, my lunch. In this room, right now, is life and death. People are determining God's either real and his son's real or he's not. And you're going to see in a moment, our world is confused. Oh, I believe in God, but I'm not like into the Bible deal. And I'm definitely not into Jesus. He's just one of many ways. No, they misunderstand. That is the wrong answer. And that is the desperately wrong answer. So when we see this changing of the guard in Jerusalem, when we see Israel being changed, Don't say it's unfair. It's actually long overdue. Israel will not repent. We'll look at verse 42. And Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone or the cornerstone? The Lord has done this, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Amazingly, we see once again, Jesus challenges these spiritual leaders. He says, I know you know Psalms 118 in the Old Testament. You remember what it said? See, they, they knew the word. Listen, listen. They knew the word, but they never applied the word. Do you know Psalm 118 was sung at Passover? We're in Passover week. They'd be singing this song. It's an, actually a song. The Psalms, many of the Psalms were put to music. They'd be singing this. And he said, you read these words. uh, Have you never read the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone? Now for us, capstones and cornerstones don't make a lot of sense. But a, a, a capstone was a key stone in an arch. It held it all together. 
A cornerstone was the foundation of a building. If you put it on the right cornerstone, that foundation was firm. Both of those would be kind of like a a plumb line to keep our lives in balance. And so, as you see this, Jesus is saying, I'm the stone that holds the arts together. But the men, the Jewish nation said, we don't like that stone. We'll put something else there. Well, the arch will never hold. Jesus says, I'm the, I'm the cornerstone in the building that brings foundation to it. We don't like it. Move that stone and put another one in. But the foundation, the nation of Israel, will never, ever last. He said the builders were discarding the most important stone. Who was that stone? Jesus Christ. Verse 43, you want to highlight in your Bible. Very important you see this. Watch this. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you. Okay, look at me. Who is the kingdom of God? The responsibility of being salt and light, telling about God, telling about Jesus, is no longer the nation of Israel. So it's been taken away from the nation of Israel as a whole. This is very important. Not individual Jewish people, but the nation of Israel. They failed. God said, I've had it with you. I'm not going to do it anymore. Now notice, notice, and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Who are those people? Raise your hand. God took the responsibility of sharing the good news from the Jewish people and transferred it to who? The church, the New Testament church. In about 40 days, the New Testament church would start. On the day of Pentecost, the church started. And ever since then, look at me. You have a vineyard. I have a vineyard. I'm working in the vineyard. I'm the servants now. Listen, and God is expecting a good fruit from me. The privilege of producing fruit and bringing people into Christ, the privilege of praying for my neighbors 500 feet from me has been given to me. Not only the privilege, but the responsibility. Then Jesus says something very key. Verse 44. He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. But he on whom it falls will be crushed. So remember now, the stone is Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It shows us two different things. Number one, if a person falls on Christ, they repent, they believe and follow. They're put in 1 Peter chapter 2. I don't have time to go there this morning. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, we become a living stone put in this building. So if this is Christ and I watch, I fall on Christ. I repent, basically. And I say, God, I'm a sinner. I need your help. I want your peace. I want your forgiveness. If I fall on Christ, then I am put into this thing called the body of Christ, this big spiritual house, and I'm a little living stone. I'm put in on the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. And I begin serving him, and I'm part of the vineyard. That's option number one. But the second option said, if the stone from above falls on a person, it does what? It crushes them. What is that? Well, that's people who hear the message and say, thanks a lot. don't really care to turn my life over to God. I can do a very good job. One day, the stone, God's very patient. He's very tolerant. He's very kind, but he's just, one day the stone will fall on them. It just fell in the nation of Israel in this parable. God says, it's too late, it's too late. And one day, for you, 
if you're not a follower of Christ, it'll just absolutely be true. Well, that's that bad God again. Whoa, no, you're here this morning. God's very patient with you. You've heard maybe for the fifth time. He loves you. He cares for you. Well, here's what you want to write out of this. God offers mercy and forgiveness, but promises judgment later. You say, I don't like that. Well, it's truth. And I have to share it with you in a loving manner. Verse 45, when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, look at this, this is incredible. They knew he was talking about them. And verse 46 says, they repented immediately and came to the Lord. No, they looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. This was the final, listen, listen, this was the final warning to the religious leaders. God's patient. You can repent. You've heard it over and over and over again. Will you repent? They knew this was the Son of God. They knew that Jesus was speaking to them. You know that God has been speaking to you this morning through me. You know that you need forgiveness. Will you care like these men more about what people think or what God thinks? Well, here's a picture I want you to see. This is the application. I don't want you to get out of your mind. I want you to burn it into your heart. This is a vineyard at CCM and CCMB. If you're a Christ follower this morning, you're in the vineyard. You're in the vineyard. We have a responsibility of producing fruit in this vineyard. Write this statement down. CCM and CCMV, we are responsible for producing a good harvest. What is that good harvest? What is that fruit? One of the fruits, certainly it's the peace of God, the worshiping God, the fruit of our lips, the praising God, the giving of our offerings and tithes and whatever, the praise you guys came this morning, we did that. It's, it's absolutely the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, along that character of God. But one of the other things, Proverbs 11.30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. So one of the key things is sharing the gospel telling people about Jesus Christ, inviting them to church, inviting them to have their sins forgiven. Two questions. Number one, are you working in his vineyard? And number two, are you producing a good return for God? See, that's what you will be asked on Judgment Day. He gave the responsibility of producing fruit. He took it away from the nation of Israel. They failed. And he gave it to the church. You and I. A common misconception among many is that God sends people to hell. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that God doesn't send anyone to hell. Man chooses to reject God's offer of forgiveness and righteousness. The Lord has shown mercy and patience to mankind for all of time, but will not be patient forever. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you consider doing so today? Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Go and invite everyone you find. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to preach the gospel boldly to all people. The Great Commission was given with a purpose and calling on all believers' lives. Like any message, not everyone will accept it, but that should not discourage us from the power of the message. The spreading of the gospel is a command by Jesus, not a suggestion. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Palmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. See